Tony. Good evening, Canada. Today's date is April 28th, 2021. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. 45 minutes of completely unscripted, unedited, from the hip conservative commentary on Canada's issues. It's Tony here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How are you, my friend? Well, last week I was pretty angry, but this week is, uh, I, it's a few notches past that, I think. How about I you? Think, I think I would agree with that. I've, uh, I've, I've got so little good news in tonight's uh, show content, but the bad news is, well, it's, it's always going to make us mad, so... <laughs> yeah, we should just rename the show. It shouldn't be Canadian Common Sense. It should be Canadian Sense of Anger. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that would almost be appropriate for most of the time. So. I feel like I'm just yelling half the time. So, Yep. And sadly, my friend, you will probably yell again tonight. Yeah, I kind of figured. On the show tonight... We have Aaron O'Toole, not as advertised. Ontario is on fire, and so is India. Which one does the federal government choose? Is Lewis really a conspiracy theorist? And who else knows about the General Vance situation? Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I'm going to say that Katie Telford knows something about the uh, General Vance situation. Well, and I, I believe you would be correct. And just the fact that her name came up as someone who would know something about General Jonathan Vance and the allegations of sexual misconduct. But just like Krista Freeland, Miss Telford had to make a statement to say that she knows nothing about a situation that she was accused of knowing something about. And I just have to ask, now, Lewis, if you knew nothing about last night's hockey game, for example, because you didn't watch it, if there even was one last night, and you came out and told everybody, I don't know the score of the hockey game because I didn't watch it. And we all say, Lewis, we didn't ask you about the game. Do you yeah. think that would, would uh, sound suspicious? Yeah, it would sound a little suspicious. Um, but everything about this liberal government sounds suspicious. I mean, it, it, they anytime any sticky situation comes up, everybody claims ignorance. Every single person, including the prime minister. I mean, the prime minister is the guy who should know about everything going on. And yet he seems to know nothing. And his chief of staff knows nothing. His best buddy, Gerald Butts, never knew anything. Uh, I mean, it's just his senior ministers never know anything. I mean, does anybody in this government actually know anything? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the evidence would point to uh, no, none of them know anything. And I probably would be right on that, too. Well, I think so. And even Mr. Trudeau himself claimed earlier on that he, quote, heard about it on the news. 
give me a break. Yeah, isn't wasn't isn't that something like a line that he stole from Obama? I mean, matter of fact, it is. Yeah, I mean, what prime minister, or in Obama's case, the president, finds out about stuff on the news? The only time you find out about anything on the news is when they reveal something about you, and you found out someone else knew about it. Good point. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And then, of course, Mr. Trudeau later had to recant because he was caught lying that he actually did know. And then he tried to skirt around that he didn't know the full the full story. And then, of course, he tried to blame somebody else. And then he had to come back and say, well, maybe I, I my office did hear about it. Oh, your office. So then maybe Katie Telford does know something. Oh, no, not her either. I mean, come yeah. on. No, nobody ever knows anything. And I mean, this is the, this is, this was the, the, like the, the top general in the Canadian military. And the, you'd think that if anybody knew about the allegations that were reported, it would be the PMO. I mean, that same PMO that was in charge of extending General Vance's contract and giving him a raise and pay that, that, that PMO. Yes, that exact PMO. Right. You would think they would know something, wouldn't you? You would think. I mean, I've never seen a government in the history of Canada who knew less about what was going on in the country than this one. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. And then even when uh, uh, Harjit Sajan, and I've heard it pronounced Sajan, so I'm going to go with that now. Um, When Minister Sajan was questioned about it, of course... The uh, former military ombudsman that he had brought these allegations forward, Minister Sajan backed away from the table. And then when questioned about it in committee, Mr. Sajan instead fired back a racist remark. And I can actually quote him. I don't need a white man telling me about my military service, end quote. And really didn't didn't want to give any answers to the, to the defense committee. Well, how come that didn't make the news? You would wonder why that wasn't uh, all over the CBC. Oh, wait a minute. The CBC. No wonder it didn't make the news. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd, you'd think that somebody would have covered, uh, covered that and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, is it for a senior minister in the federal government to be making comments like that at committee? Um. And yet, this is the first time I've heard about that comment. Yeah, and I read it uh, reported in um, an alternative media, whether it was Post Millennial or Western Standard. It was one of uh, one of those alternative media sources, but still a, one, a trusted one. Yeah, you know, we got to stop calling those alternative uh, media outlets because they seem to be the only ones doing their damn job. Actually, that's a good point. You're right. They and they're the ones who consistently get it right anymore. Yeah, them and us. Yeah. Well, and it's funny how often we're actually ahead of the curve. But we're going to talk on that later on in the show. Yeah. So I think what we should move on to now is a little talk about COVID. Now we um, we've got a really bad situation in Ontario, and I actually have to apologize, Canada. I didn't realize exactly how bad 
Ontario is on fire right now. The, they're actually moving adult patients into children's hospital ICUs because they're running out of room in the regular hospitals. They've actually called for the military to come in to help. And they've got nine doctors from Newfoundland that came have come in to help. The Doug Ford personally called Premier Jason Kenney of Alberta and Premier Scott Moe of Saskatchewan asking if they could spare any healthcare workers. Both said they could not. So I'm uh, I'm feeling bad. I didn't recognize it was as bad as it is. But as bad as it is in Ontario, India is having a horrible outbreak, and the government of Canada has decided to donate $10 million to the Indian Red Cross to help them with oxygen and ventilators and locally sourced personal protective equipment that is sourced in India. And I thought $10 million could probably help Ontario, but I'm not entirely opposed to what's a relatively small amount of money for this government being donated to India. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm of the mind that you can't you can't help others until you've helped yourself though. Um I mean, Canada is a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment with COVID. True. And we're sending money and supplies to other countries. I mean, th- isn't this what got us into trouble in the first place? Well, yeah, when we sent 16 tons of PPE to China just before the pandemic was declared and then Suddenly realized, oh, we don't have enough for ourselves. Yeah, but the thing was is that they knew that we were going to be short on PPE if we sent that to China, and they did it anyway. Like we, and we know that they knew that. And this is so we we've already gotten ourselves into hot water by doing this, and now we're doing it again. And yeah, I mean, I know ten million dollars is a relatively small amount, especially for this government, uh, who likes to spend in the hundreds of millions and billions. Um, but I don't know. I just I just think that with how bad things are in Ontario, that uh, that money could be spent in Canada. Yeah, actually, I don't disagree. And especially when you look at the fact that it is as bad as it is, and in Ontario, of course, and this is something I've heard on Power Play and on CBC as well, is some of the doctors in Ontario, the, or the, like the, the, the medical officers, calling for paid sick leave, paid sick leave, and more paid sick leave. The Ontario government finally said, okay, we will top up the federal paid sick leave. In fact, we'll double it to $1,000 a week as opposed to $500 a week. And the federal government actually said no. Now, I know there's some movement today on that, but they still haven't come to a, to a deal yet. But I, uh, I thought it was really disingenuous when uh, Carla Qualtrough was on with Evan Solomon. And he just said, you know, Ontario is essentially trying to top up your temporary program and you're now criticizing them because they don't want to bring in something permanent of their own unpaid sick leave. Made the government seem, the federal government, that is, seem kind of hypocritical. Yeah, I, but, but haven't they always been hypocritical? I mean, everything they yeah. say is hypocritical. I mean, they always, every time they come out and do something, it's completely 
in contrast to something they've said or done in the in the past. So, I mean, the the federal government they want control over everything, and uh, and so I mean, they they want it their way or no way. Yeah, and you know, they have absolutely zero leg to stand on right now because as much as they want to pat themselves on the back over vaccine procurement, um, you've seen it in your backyard and wherever you are, Canada, you're seeing it. Every jurisdiction in this country is shutting down their drive through clinics, they're shutting down other immunization clinics because the provinces keep running out of vaccines and going through everything they have before the federal government can replenish their stock. So you want to know why you're waiting four months in between shots? It's because the feds are still dropping the ball. Yeah, I mean, the ma- the vaccine manufacturers aren't even recommending that you do this to to put four months between vaccines. Like they're no, saying, Health Canada. Yeah, this is coming from Health Canada. Who? I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, Health Canada is not the vaccine manufacturer and the manufacturer of the of the vaccines is saying you know like we don't recommend this they're not saying don't do it they're just saying we don't recommend this and yeah exactly uh so i mean wouldn't it be better to have you know a higher percentage of people fully vaccinated than to have a, uh, a higher percentage of people partially vaccinated well that that's kind of how i think too and i mean you look at uh so many other of our peer countries in the g20 for example and you look at the united states where they've got i believe it's over 30 percent fully vaccinated population canada has three percent i mean it's a joke yeah it's a total joke i mean the u.s is almost at 40 percent I believe it was about 38% where the last number I saw that was, that was fully vaccinated in the U S and in Canada, we are at three, three percent. So much for that most diverse portfolio of vaccines in the world. Yeah. And actually speaking of that very diverse portfolio of vaccines, we uh, have reported a healthy 54-year-old Quebec woman with no comorbidities has actually died from blood clots from the AstraZeneca shot. Now, granted, and I know you have said this before too, it's such a small number in comparison to the millions of AstraZeneca shots that have been administered. But then I had to think about Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. Saul Alinsky was a radical leftist uh, organizer And one of his rules for radicals was that make your opponents live by their own rules. Now, Lewis, you remember very well when the pandemic was first declared and the lockdown crowd said, one, COVID death is too many. We need to lock everybody down. So why now are these same people not saying, one, blood clot death is too many. Quit using AstraZeneca. Yeah. Crickets. Crickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, some countries have done. Uh, Some countries have completely stopped using the AstraZeneca vaccine because I believe Europe had 37 cases of 
blood clots from it in the entire continent. Yeah, uh, and the U.S. never approved in the first place. Yeah, after tens of millions of doses administered, 37 cases of blood clots. Um, it's such a tiny number in comparison to how many have been administered. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the left has this one death is too many uh, mantra for all kinds of things. Um, guns, um, COVID, uh, you know. Oh, you name it. Things. But they, yeah. but but not for uh, driving. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, more people die from motor vehicle accidents than they do from almost any other cause of death in uh, in Canada every year. But nobody has a one death is too many uh, attitude towards that. Yeah, good point. Now. Um... So, but but no, I mean you're right. I mean the the, the left is uh, is, I mean they're hypocritical as well. I mean just as our federal government is. Yeah, well, I mean that government is full of leftists, as we all know. And one particular leftist in that government got your ire up, and I understand completely why. So uh, I'll let you take this one. Or uh, would you happen to be referring to uh, Minister Patty Hydrup? Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So our favorite former conservative MP, Derek Sloan, um, and I say that facetiously, uh, for all his faults, has gotten a couple things right. One was that the vaccines are like the, the, the Canadian population is the vaccine test bed uh, that, you know, we'll find out what the long-term effects are because everybody's going to have this vaccine. Um, and that's the only way we're going to find out what the long-term effects are. And he was right about that. Um, the So the other thing that he's right about is that he stood up in the House of Commons during question period and asked... Minister Haidu, uh, about the vitamins, uh, vitamin D to boost your immune system. And Dr. or not Dr. Minister Patty Haidu said, vitamin D is fake news. It is. Apparently. But here I thought that I heard experts, scientists, all of the science, even scientists said vitamin D was essential in, I think it was prevention of COVID, if not, if not treatment. Yeah. Um, every, like, every doctor I've ever heard talk about it that actually talks about ways to prevent COVID. Uh, about ways to boost your immune system because honestly, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, nobody from the federal government or the provincial governments for that matter, none of the ministers of health, 
Nobody, not Dr. Bonnie Henry, not any, not, not Teresa Tam, nobody is talking about what you can do to boost your immune system. Nobody. All they talk about is, all they talk about is masking, distancing, sanitizing, and vaccines. That's it. Nobody talks about the things you can do to boost your immune system. But there, the doctors that I have heard talk about it all say vitamin D is essential to the, the health of your immune system. It's essential. And there's three, three really important uh, you know, um, supplements you should be taking every single day. Vitamin D vitamin C and zinc and all three of them have been uh, have been called very very important in dealing with preventing COVID-19 infections I am I've been taking those three supplements for over a year now since the beginning I've been taking them every single day I have not even had a cold. I haven't had the flu. I haven't had COVID. I've been the healthiest I have ever been since I started taking those. And I feel great too. Lots of energy, everything. But these, those three are extremely important in boosting your immune system. And any dietitian, nutritionist, doctor, they'll all tell you that. But according to Minister Haidu, our Minister of Health, it's fake news. Yep, that's exactly what she said, too. I mean, and uh, we can quote her on that, but she uh, told them to stop spreading fake news. Now, I was actually at my doctor for my annual checkup only a couple weeks ago. And what do you know? He actually also... Uh, Asked if I was taking vitamin D, and I told, reminded him that he had recommended I bump up my daily dosage on my last physical. And he said, "Good, keep taking the the the, the four thousand units a day." And he also said, "Make sure you're taking your vitamin C. Make sure you're taking your zinc, and make sure you're getting your exercise, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So, I believe my doctor way before I would believe Patty Hydu. Just saying. Well, yeah. I mean, anybody who says vitamin D is not essential to your the health of your immune system is a bloody idiot. And she fits right in with the rest of that dumbass cabinet that Trudeau has surrounded himself with. Um, the, yeah. I, I mean, I just, it just blows my mind that she would actually use the words fake news in response to uh, taking vitamins. I mean, it's a, it's a known fact that 87% of the people in the ICU with COVID-19 have an, a vitamin D deficiency. This is not a made-up stat. This is real. This is from a... Um, a study that was performed in the U.S. over, I think it was over the first six months of COVID. And it was 
like 87% of all the ICU patients uh, with COVID-19 have a vitamin D deficiency. But according to Patty Haidu, that's just fake news. Yep. What fake What do you guys news. know? <laughs> you know, just morons. Yes, and speaking of morons, on a previous show, probably about a year ago, we were talking about Aaron O'Toole when he was running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. And I remember one specific episode. I don't remember the topic. I just remember you saying, Mr. O'Toole, you're a tool. And you texted me last night just to prove that point even more. What did he say? Uh, he is publicly musing the possibility of making voting mandatory. Brilliant. Let's have even more people who don't know what the hell they're, they're, they're talking about casting a ballot. Yeah. I mean, why would you want people who don't pay any attention to politics at all voting? I can think of no, no logical reason at all. No, because they're the ones who are going to vote for the free stuff every single time. Yeah, that, and if they happen to recognize a name or a party name or anything, they'll just mark that. Yeah, I mean, Australia is the only first world country that I know of that has mandatory voting. And if you don't vote, you are you get a fine. And, uh, and yet, and because of that, they've got like a 90% voter turnout. But as far as I've seen, they, they still have dumbasses in power. So, I mean, it, you're, we've already got a problem with people voting who don't know what they're talking about. They don't know how the real world works. Um, and they've got a distorted view of uh, government debt and taxes and all this kind of stuff and and we've got too many people already who who vote who think that uh they're entitled to other people's money and we don't need more of that no we absolutely don't and i mean and sadly that's not aaron o'toole's only dumb idea now anybody who's a regular listener to the show knows of, over our last few episodes we've talked about well, some of Aaron O'Toole's idiocy, for example, his carbon tax. And I want to refer to that again because he had promised to scrap Mr. Trudeau's carbon tax were he to be elected prime minister. And he also promised not to implement any new prices on carbon. And so, of course, he brought in his carbon tax. I won't jump on that too much because we've done that. But I do want to relay that I had a very interesting talk with my MP, who is a Conservative Party MP. And I'll paraphrase what he said, but when I, when I pushed him on it, he just said, well, what I can tell you is there wasn't really much consultation. He just came out and decided, this is what we're going to do, I guess, because he's the leader, he's in charge. And as a Western Canadian MP in the middle of the prairies, my MP is, uh, I think his goose is cooked. I, I don't see how he's going to win his seat 
that was very, very close in the last election. And I think he's got to, got to see that there's writing on the wall as well. Like Aaron O'Toole with that one policy has cost himself a ton of votes in, in the heartland of where his base is, which is Western Canada. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing I don't understand about Aaron O'Toole is that he's trying to be a liberal. Like it's almost like he thinks that, uh, that if he becomes more like the liberals, then we'll, then he'll get more votes because, the so. and, and, but that's, that's such a wrong headed move. I mean, you've already got two parties that are that, well, actually, let me rephrase that. You've already got four parties that are spewing the same nonsense. You don't need a fifth. I mean, the liberals, the NDP, the Greens, and the are all spewing the same garbage and the same left-wing nonsense. And the last thing we need is a fifth. We need a party on the right who's common sense, you know, that that isn't just right wing for the sake of being right wing, but they're, they're conservative because it, it's common sense. Like you, and for Aaron O'Toole to actually say, and he did say this, I saw the, I saw the, the, the clip where, you know, I, I'm, I might be paraphrasing, but it was almost these exact words. Uh, it was the whole thing on the climate change uh, policy for the party. And it was, uh, I'm, I'm the leader, I'm the boss, or I'm in, no, I'm the leader, I'm in charge. And it's like, uh, the party didn't vote for that policy. But after the policy convention, he came out and said, this is, this is a party policy because I'm the leader and I'm, and I'm in charge. And I don't know, I, I, it rubbed me the wrong way. It totally rubbed me the wrong way. This is not what uh, a conservative leader is supposed to be acting like. You know, you're right about that. And as you were going through talking about the other four left-wing parties, um, it kind of struck me that, that you're right. If he, instead of trying to say, look at me, look how liberal I am, what if he instead said, I am completely different than Justin Trudeau, and that's why you should vote for me, because I am not like that guy over there. Do you think maybe there'd be a lot of Canadians who would say, hey, I want someone who's not like Justin Trudeau? Yeah. And here's the thing. Him doing that is going to open up the door for the PPC, uh, the People's Party of Canada, or the PPC. Uh, yeah, I said the PPC. So the People's Party yeah, of yeah. Canada. Uh the the uh, I, I don't think he's gonna do. It's not gonna do anything for the Maverick Party. I'm sorry. It's again stupidest political party name of all time. Yes. Um, but the Maverick Party, it's not gonna help them at all because they're only running candidates where the where the conservatives have. Um, I, I I actually kind of don't understand the purpose of the Maverick Party even being in existence if they're only going to run candidates and party in, in ridings where the conservatives uh, pretty much don't have a shot at losing. Uh, it kind of, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a party. 
Um, I, I just, I'm kind of, I mean, as someone who is getting very, very, very close to wanting to vote to separate for Western Canada, it really disappointed me that that's, that was their policy. The party policy was only run a candidate in a, in a riding where splitting the vote isn't going to hurt the conservatives. It's the, we don't want to win strategy. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to <laughs> win. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at us. We don't want to win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's, but that's the whole, that's the whole conservative party uh, philosophy right now. Hey, look at us. We're the former conservative party of Canada. We don't want to win either. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because it, it's it's actually kind of mind-blowing. I mean, the, if if there is an election this year, because everybody after that budget that is predicting a $170 billion deficit for this year, after that budget was released, all the political pundits are all saying this is a this is a campaign budget. So if there is an election this year, Granted, it isn't happening when I thought it was going to happen. Um, but if it does happen this year, the, uh, the, the, the conservatives are going to have two elections in a row where it is completely handed to them on a silver platter. The conditions couldn't have been more perfect for a conservative win, and they're going to find a way to blow it yep um sad isn't it they're not giving themselves a shot at winning the conservatives are doing everything they can to lose i don't understand what's going on it's like they have no direction they have no uh uh idea of like they don't have an alternative they're not a viable alternative right now and it's mind-blowing i mean yes almost anybody is better than the liberals at this point but you can't just say oh we're not as bad you have to give people a reason to vote for you because otherwise they're just going to go ah you know what we're just going to stick with the losers that are in power right now because we know how bad they are we don't know how bad those guys are because they they they're pretty disorganized. It could be even worse. But if you actually give people a reason to vote for you, they will. Because nobody I talk to even likes Justin Trudeau, and they don't like the liberals. They're fed up with them. They're done. They don't want to vote for them, but they're going to because they got no other choice. Because the conservatives aren't giving them a reason to vote for them. Absolutely right, man. Well said. And it pisses me off. And it should. And it should make a lot of Canadians angry because we're going to be stuck with four more years of Justin Trudeau. And I had actually predicted that in at the beginning of this year that uh, and you had predicted that the, the Trudeau government would win. And I agreed that, um, yep, get used to Justin Trudeau. For this very reason, because the conservatives seem to want to hand it to him. Yeah, Justin Trudeau doesn't even want to be prime minister, and he's going to win again. Yep. I mean, he he just wants a seat on the UN. 
He doesn't. He just wants to get a, a cushy job at the UN after all this is over. He doesn't want to be Prime Minister of Canada. I mean, you can tell because he doesn't. He doesn't even like to be in charge. He doesn't even know. Uh, he doesn't even know what's happening in his own government because he, unless he finds out about it on the news, but he, like, he really doesn't want to be there, and yet he's going to win again. Yep, it's pathetic. But... So uh, we've got just enough time to get into our last topic here, and this should cheer you up, my old friend, is because. You have made some predictions over the last couple of years we've been doing this show. And people have said, Lewis, you're a conspiracy theorist. Lewis, you're crazy. Oh, come on, Lewis. Like, that's going to happen. Canada, I'm actually going to have my, my good friends back here and say that I don't think Lewis is a conspiracy theorist. You don't. Prove it. Let's prove that right now. Now, when COVID started, I think we were probably a month into the pandemic and lewis you brought up on this show the idea that by the time we were out of this we were going to have to prove that we had been vaccinated if we wanted to travel again people said lewis you're a conspiracy theorist um did you read an article in the post-millennial like i did the other day about mr trudeau talking about Certificates of vaccination are to be expected for international travel. Yeah, yeah, I did. And it's not making the mainstream news. Would that be similar to a vaccine passport? Just just, just asking. Um, it sounds an awful lot like one. Sounds and an awful yet- lot like... Hmm. Yeah, it, it it sounds an awful lot like a vaccine passport, and and like I said, it, it's it's absolutely shocking and mind blowing to me that it is not making the news. Yeah, well, because this way we can say people like you are a conspiracy theorist, and yeah. and you're not because oh damn it, you one more time you even said back then you didn't want to be right, but here you are. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and and, uh, and one more. Now, this is one that I have to admit, Canada. Even I raised an eyebrow when when you brought this one up, Lewis. Now, I think it was two years ago, the first time you'd made the prediction. You repeated it last year when you said, and you have, I have to ask if you remember this. When you said, Canada as we know it will not exist in five years. Do you remember saying that? Yes. I wanted to poke fun at you about that. I probably did at the time, actually. Um, but I have to say that, you know, Canada is, is still a confederation. So technically, Canada is still together. But I don't recognize this country anymore, Lewis. Because no. in my Canada, an OPP officer in Gravenhurst, Ontario, would not push a 12-year-old boy off his scooter and grab the kid's scooter because the kid didn't identify himself fast enough to the officer? That's yeah. not my Canada. No, and that video is very disturbing. 
It is, and I'm sure all of you have seen that by now, Canada. And you, uh, I'm sure all of you, all of you at least have heard of it, if nothing else. And there's a an adult gentleman on the who you can hear very clearly saying, "Hey, he's 12 years old." So we're not making this up here. Yeah, and and, they, and I mean, he didn't just push him off his scooter; he shoved him to the ground. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Canada. Like, what is happening to us? Well, exactly. And uh, and there's more. Oh, there's always more on this show. We've got these same brute squads are now blocking people from crossing the Ontario-Quebec border and the Ontario-Manitoba border. I'd referred to it on our, our last show. And a friend of mine posted a video and showing there was a group of people, one of whom was from Ontario, was allowed to cross back into Ontario from Manitoba. The rest of his group was not allowed to enter Ontario. British Columbia is now talking about interprovincial travel bans. My own province of Saskatchewan is saying, do not travel unless it is absolutely necessary. We have freedom of mobility in this country, but apparently that doesn't matter. Again, that's not the Canada I grew up in. No, in BC right now we have a tra- we have travel bans between health regions. Uh, so you're allowed to leave your town or your city as long as you don't leave your health authority. So we have, I believe, five health authorities in BC, and so someone from Vancouver is not allowed to come to where I live in the Okanagan. Because we live in two different health authorities. And I know someone who uh, drove from Vancouver to the Okanagan here to, because his 88-year-old mother um, asked him to come because she, wasn't, uh, she needed help. She needed help with something um, that she just couldn't do on her own at 88 years old. And so he came for a few days to help her out and get everything rectified and all of that. And then he turned around and drove back to Vancouver yesterday. And when he entered the Fraser Health Authority, which is the health authority that is for the the lower mainland of BC, the Vancouver area, uh, he was stopped by the police and he was issued a ticket. Ridiculous. This is the Canada we live in. And it does not sound like the Canada we knew two years ago. This is no. this is really, really scary stuff. And um I mean we've got the cops acting like the uh I can't even think of, of the word to, that I want to use to describe the way the state is using the police right now. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's like, that's not what the police are, are for. The police are to solve crimes. They're not, they're not to go after law abiding citizens who are trying to help their elderly mother. You know, I mean, this is, this is just, it's outrageous. It is, yeah. I mean, the, the police are hired goons, and what do we say? But there's more. 
we've got the courts involved. The Alberta government has now won a case that they are now legally allowed to turn off the oil pipelines to British Columbia if they so choose. We've got the province of Manitoba making their own deal with the state of North Dakota to vaccinate cross-border essential workers like truck drivers, for example. That's not really very unifying, neither of those, those things. And you brought to my attention Bill 10. Well, we talked about it a little bit last show about the censorship bill. And you just mentioned there was a, a video Michelle Rimple had, had posted up on her Facebook page, which I don't even have words to describe it. I mean, Big Brother isn't enough. No, I mean, this is something that even I didn't know was part of the bill and it was that the uh, federal government will be able to regulate what it is that you post on social media what as in you and i personally post on our pages yes oh my god like this is this is communist party of china stuff this isn't this isn't canada i mean they part of this this whole thing this bill is that if they deemed something offensive or to be fake news or something like that, they would flag the article. The article has 48 hours to be pulled down off the internet. And it does not matter if the, uh, if the, the, the outlet that published it is a foreign company whose servers are off are out of country i mean most servers are out of country but it doesn't matter they have to censor the canadian uh public from seeing it and 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 they have 48 hours to make it so that the canadian public cannot see it and now we also find out that they can regulate what it is that we actually post on our social media, our individual Canadians. Ridiculous. And I, last week, I was called a conspiracy theorist for suggesting that this was going to happen. Yeah, well, and you were called a conspiracy theorist for saying that Canada was going to be, you know, not exist as we knew it. And... You were right on the money. I mean that that actually depresses me to hear that. That 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 that's worse than I thought. Yeah. I mean, we're 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 I have never seen things change as fast as they're changing right now. And and the public, the general public is going along with it. And mostly it's because they say and I, I can't change it. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to keep living my life and I'm just, and I'm just going to live with it because I can't, there's nothing I can do to stop it. Well, yeah, not with that attitude. I no, mean, and, right. you won't, and you won't be going on and living your life because you won't be able to post what you want to post. You won't be able to find the information you want to find. I mean, this is, I, I don't know how anybody, this is one of the things that I really despise about Canadians in general. 
And one thing that I admire about the Americans, and that is Canadians just take it. Whatever the government throws at us, we take it. Higher taxes, we take it. More censorship, we take it. More control over our uh, over what we can do, our movement, we just take it. We've had we've had a church with two hundred police officers stopping the parishioners from attending Sunday service. There was no outcry. There was no uproar. We had over a hundred police officers, some on horseback, form a human chain around a barbecue joint in Toronto to make sure it stayed closed. I mean, this and, and there was there was no real outcry about it. No, there was, there was some from conservatives across the country, and they they raised a bunch of money for them. But unless you were a conservative, nobody gave a damn. In fact, they cheered it on. And that's the worst part. They cheered it on. I mean, and you're right. I admire Americans because most part, Americans don't put up with that crap. Americans aren't afraid to stand up for themselves. But in Canada, we shrug our shoulders and just say, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, then that's what I admire about Americans. They hold their amendments, like their constitutional amendments, dear. They hold them dear. And they do everything they can to defend them against the government. I mean, they've got the the, the freedom of speech, freedom uh, to bear arms, or, or sorry, the right to bear arms, the uh, the right to a free press, all of these things are part of the constitutional amendments in the U.S. that they will fight tooth and nail to uh, to protect. Canadians, we just stand back and let them be taken from us. And we just go, eh, what are you going to do? I can't do anything to stop it. Yep. Exactly right. So on that note, Canada, um, we're going to wrap the show up. But the encouraging part of this is there are things we can do about it, Canada. Send your MP an email. Send your MLA or MPP an email. Phone them. Actually, stand up for yourself. It's not hard. Vote differently. Vote differently. That's, that's the best advice right there. I mean, it's, so, it's like it's like I listened to a podcast where the 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 host. I mean, I'll I'll say what it is. It's the Joe Rogan experience. I listen to his podcast uh, multiple times a week, and he moved from California to Texas. And the first guest he had on there was a uh, uh, was Dan Crenshaw. Oh, and I'm sure you know who Dan Crenshaw is. I do. He, yeah, he is a Republican uh, congressman from Texas, and he the one of the first things he said to him was, 
remember why you vote, why you moved here. Right. Well said. And he's saying, remember why you moved here and don't vote the same way that you voted where you came from, because those people ruined California. Absolutely ruined California. And the thing that people in Texas are scared of, the Californians that are moving to Texas are going to vote Democrat again. Despite the fact that it was the Democrats that ran them out of their last state. So this is something that I want Canadians to think about is if you want things to change, if you want your freedoms and your rights to remain intact, then stop voting for the people who are taking them from you. Well said. And I want to leave this show on a high note. And so I want to say before the show, both Tony and I noticed that the uh, listenership has increased quite rapidly over the past couple of weeks. And, and, uh, and this is very encouraging to us because this, this means that there's more and more people finding out about our show and, uh, and, and who are returning to listen to it every time we, we release an episode. And, and so we want to thank everybody and we want you to share this with your family and friends because we need, we need to save this country. Yep. Absolutely right. And, um, and Lewis is right. We, uh, we do thank you very much for, for tuning in and we're very humble to see our numbers climbing the way they are. And we just really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We do this as, I don't want to say a vanity project, but this is a side gig for both of us. We just want to get some common sense out in the interweb. Yeah. We, we don't, we don't make any money off of this show. We don't, we don't sell advertising for it. Nothing. We, we're doing this because we are, we love this country and we want to see it survive. And we don't like the direction it's going. And, uh, I still, I still don't understand who in Peru is listening to us, but I don't, but gracias por juntarnos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Canada. Uh, we'll be back next week with a full show. And uh, in the meantime, check back in with us for our uh, intermittent uh, Canadian common sense rants that, that both Tony and I release independently. And um, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Good night, Canada. Good night. Tony.